We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. It is uh, November 20th. We are almost at Thanksgiving. We're at week 11. Uh, season is clicking along pretty well here. If you could please rate or review the podcast, that'd be fantastic. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, it goes, goes a long way towards helping people find the podcast, helping people like the podcast. So we, uh, we would appreciate uh, a good number of stars there if you do enjoy listening to us all year long. I am Scott Jenstead, joined as always on Friday mornings by Andrew Laird. Andrew, we were just talking about uh, all kinds of stuff going on. This is a a different slate, I guess I would call it. People always go with interesting or weird. I'm going to go with different. We've got a lot of uh, a lot of big name teams that aren't playing on the slate. Last night we had uh, we had the Cardinals and Seahawks play. So there's a couple of you know teams that you either you know want to target or target against uh, in, in a lot of games. Uh, the the Chiefs play on Sunday night. Um, so it's uh, there. It, a lot of big names are off this slate. There's a couple of really, uh, really, really huge name running backs. I think they're going to be pretty popular. And then we've got a lot of cheaper guys to talk about. So it should be fun. It should be different. I think there's a lot of uh, spread percentage around the slate as opposed to last week when we had, the, you know, we had a lot of Mike Davis uh, and, and Aaron Jones over 40 percent in, in a lot of GPPs and way, way higher in cash games. So but more than anything, uh, before we hit the week 11 slate, how are you doing today? I'm good. I was just thinking earlier, uh, as there was news that Miles Garrett was added to the COVID list today. But like, yeah. if you like at the beginning of the season, I think we weren't like fully convinced that there would be a week 11. And yeah. COVID's actually significantly worse now than it was then. And yet, here we are in week 11 with like, really no signs of slowing down. So 
do you feel like we're like a domino waiting for a whole bunch of things to fall or do you feel like there's going to power through uh can it be both like <laughs> I, 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 my answer is going to be because i think it's both like yeah that's, it just it seems, seems like, like the nfl is, is going full steam ahead here yeah. no matter it, we're seeing more and more cases and guys are just kind of you know going home and doing contact tracing and we saw with the niners packers game a couple weeks ago where they're just like the niners were missing like half their offense yeah and uh, they, they went in and played it so i i feel like i feel like both is your is the right answer by you yeah i think uh if there's anything that has been a little bit surprising is that we know about these guys beforehand like there was so much worry that we were going to find out like sunday morning that somebody was out but it we're actually finding out ahead of time which um theoretically makes it i mean not theoretically makes it much easier for us because you're not scrambling sunday morning um so like yeah it's just and people joked about it before the season that like the world could be burning down and the nfl is just going to keep going and here we are we're still going we we are so we're, we're into week 11 um overall slate we've got we got four teams on bye again this week we got the uh the Bills, Bears, Giants, and Niners. I feel like that's a pretty good group that, that we usually don't play too much anyway. Maybe the Bills would be the one that, that sticks out as we're losing some offensive players. But uh, Bears, Giants, and Niners. I don't think we're I don't think we're really losing much on our in our, in our fantasy <laughs> teams right there. Uh, we are losing a lot. We mentioned on the on the standalone games we had uh, we had Cardinal Seahawks last night, which is kind of an uglier game than I think people are expecting. I think that uh, I could go on an hour long rant on Thursday night football in general, but probably nobody wants to hear that. They want to hear about the Week Eleven slate. Uh, we got Chiefs Raiders Sunday night. And then uh, Rams Tampa on Monday night, kind of a more of a, a an interesting football game than a, like a, a carnival banana <coughs> fantasy game. But those other two, uh, Arizona Seattle and Chiefs Raiders, have are the two the two highest totals on the entire slate. So uh, losing those games definitely is going to make this slate a little more different than uh, than we're used to. Yeah, we uh, we usually look at like forty nine and we're like, oh, that, that's like the fifth highest game, so I don't need yeah. to touch that one. So it's uh, and it's not like we have like really low ones. Um, but yeah, everything is like really condensed. I said this to you earlier in the week that I think I might like play a little more GPP this week. I'm usually a cash game nice, player, nice. but like it. it's, uh, there are just like so many ways you can go this week, which, um, makes it a, uh, I guess somebody could argue it's actually a tougher GPP way because when there is such easy, such significant chalk, then it's easier to, to fade it. But I just think with so many ways you can go, you can get really creative this week and get guys that like probably shouldn't be as low as they are. Um, just because there's everybody's so spread out. Yeah, you almost when I look at the slate, almost always I'm like, oh, this guy's gonna be popular. This guy's gonna be popular. This guy's not. Like you could kind of tell a few obvious ones. <clears throat> and aside from the the couple top running backs, we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Um, I think this I think this slate's pretty spread out in terms of uh, ownership and percentages. And I don't think there's a ton of like, oh, this is an obvious play right here, which is which I think is make it for me. It makes it more fun. Uh, I know you like it as a cash game player. You like when Mike Davis is 4,000, everybody has him. But I, I tend to not like it. And last week, you know, you, you kind of had to play him, but uh, he didn't really do very much. So it didn't really work out. Although, you know, the, mon- the, the money saved is always always very important. But you mentioned the high total games. We have uh, Falcon Saints at 52, uh, Packers Colts with an over-under of 51.5. So, like, last week we had two games that were 56, 57, and then a, a few in the 50s. We've kind of had – I think most of the weeks we've had, like, five or six games in the 50s. But yeah. we have two this week, as you mentioned. There are uh, – there's one game at 45, the Broncos and Dolphins, and every other game, which would be eight, are between 46 and 49 and a half. So, like, finding your game this week, finding that game you want to stack and really play um, is going to be a great strategy because you're going to have – there's no obvious, like, I'm just going to stack this game and come back with another player. Um, there, there's none of that this week when you've got every single game is within seven points in the, in the, in the total. Yeah, and I actually wanted to point out that the game – the team with the highest implied total – 
um, is in a game with one of the lower like game totals, like um, Pittsburgh Jacksonville. The last one I yep. I checked is forty six, but with Pittsburgh minus ten and a half, they're twenty eight and a quarter points right. are the highest implied total of the slate. So like even just ignoring like you, if you're like oh that game has too much too low of a total, but it's like actually <laughs> the one team has the highest total uh, team total of the slate. So you can really play around this week. So what you're telling me is you're just going all in on James Conner. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, um, it's funny you say that. So like that, uh, James Conner specifically is the reason why I was like, maybe this is a better GPP week. Um, we'll obviously like get into running backs. But like, uh, so last week or uh, two weeks ago was the, was uh, David Johnson concussion two weeks ago? Yeah, two yep, weeks ago. Yep, yep. So it was like David Johnson that week made like a ton of sense. The Texans were uh, heavily favored. <clears throat> they were going to give him a t- bunch of carries. The same thing applied to the Bears. They weren't quite as big a favor, but like David Montgomery made a ton of sense that week. And it was yeah. like those two plays uh, from like a football, like if you take out the the fundamental like DFS things of like uh, running backs on big favorites uh, who get a lot of carries are usually very good plays. And you right. throw that part out and you're like, are these good football players? You're like, no, they're not. So it's like there's um, you have that battle of like how much does knowing football come into play? And yeah. my opinion of that week, well, I think I, I played Johnson that week, but I did. I wasn't coming close to Montgomery. But I hate to say that, like, I feel like everybody who played them got bailed out because we didn't find out if they were terrible. Like the, the process told you they were good plays, but the process was incomplete because they are just not very good football players anymore. <laughs> so yeah. um, the problem that we have with Connor, who I think is still a very good football player, but like that he checks all the boxes of like a running back on a huge favorite. They have the highest implied total. And it's like, do I really, do I really want to play him? Yeah, and he's not that cheap. And, no. and we'll get into run, when we get into running backs. That that mid tier is a spot that I have a lot of trouble with this week. I like uh, the expensive guys. I like a couple cheap guys, but uh, the mid tier I can kind of poke holes in everybody. So let, let's jump into running backs. We've got uh, we have two obvious ones at the top. I want to hit those first. We have Dalvin Cook against Dallas and Alvin Kamara against Atlanta. I do have to note that Kamara missed practice yesterday, um, so I think that today is a pretty big day for Kamara in terms of is he going to play. I think he's still going to be fine. I think it's probably a a workload thing, but uh, you know he's got a got a little bit of foot injury, um, so we're checking. But both these guys are, are big name guys, really good guys, guys that are good every week, and they have great matchups this week. I mean, uh, Cook is against Dallas, um, nice game trip, seven and a half point favorite uh, the Vikings in that game. He was only he only had 96 yards last week against the Bears. He had 30 carries, so it wasn't really an efficient game for him. But I mean, we're talking about he's off a, a 22 for 206 against Detroit, a 30 for 163 at Green Bay. So I mean, this is a guy that has been awesome. Uh, I think I think last week was the first week he hadn't scored. Um, any worry, first of all, on Cook about 34 touches last week on a Monday night coming to a short week? Does that does that play into your into your mindset at all when you decide on, on this on this week? Mm, no, okay. I, I don't think it does me either. That's a lot of that's a lot of touches. Maybe if they get up, you know, 21, maybe they they go with some Alexander Madison down the stretch. But um, I'm full in on Cook this week. You know, I love Cook anyway, and we've talked about Cook many times. Um, you know, Dallas did hold Pittsburgh, you know, your boy James Conner to a, a, a nothing last week running. But I mean, the weeks before that, Boston Scott was 15 for 70. Antonio Gibson had 120 yards. Uh, Kenyon Drake had 164. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, the elite uh, running backs here. They've all done well against Dallas. Um, 
If we're talking uh, about picking between two, these two guys, it's easily cooked for me. Um, but what I did last night is I tried to do, I tried to do both of them. I think it's workable. It's really hard. Um, but I came up with a pretty decent lineup that I didn't hate going with both of them. So I, I wonder how many people are going to try and do that this week because they they stick out so much among the running back pool. They do. Um, I think one of the issues is that we have issues with some of the cheaper running backs that like presumably we'd go to. I think there's one that maybe two that really stick out that I think a lot of people might go to particularly <clears throat> at least cash game wise to continue to play three running backs. Um, I mean, for GPPs, like if you're going to get the two highest scoring running backs and you can, you know, wide receiver is where it's much easier to get explosive scores from cheaper prices. And so it, it certainly makes sense um, from a lineup build to get all of those points. Um, the only thing that, not the only thing, the biggest thing that makes me hesitate on Camara. And we have to talk about, we'll talk about quarterbacks later, but like you can't talk about the Saints without talking <laughs> about their quarterback situation, partially because of how much Drew Brees loves to throw to Kamara anyway. I mean, yep. Michael Thomas is back, um, although he was still banged up. I, I think he practiste this week. Yeah, um, I think, he's, I think yeah. he's probably good to go. So as we were talking uh, before we re started recording, there was talk that Taysom Hill was going to start. Uh, Adam Schefter just tweeted that Taysom Hill will start, um, which it's wild. Um, so wild. how much does Hill starting affect Kamara? Um, because it seems like Winston starting would affect him in the run in the passing game just because like he's so different than Breeze uh, in terms of like wanting to throw downfield um and t willing to take chances whereas like Camara is this definition of a security blanket and so if you had Winston uh were you still going to play Camara and now that it's Hill or that we think it is do you still play Win or do you still play Camara like what do you what do you do I mean I would say it's more than thinking it is. I'm reading that Schefter tweet right now. I mean, it says Will Start. And Will Schefter Start. Is, Schefter is as tied in as anybody. So I think we can go ahead with, with Will Start. Um, He'll take all the starter reps in practice this week. Like I think it's... <laughs> I think it's insane. I, I don't know. Sean Payton and Taysom Hill is the weirdest thing in the NFL, maybe. Like, I just don't get it. I'm actually bummed because I was really looking forward to fading Jameis because I think he was going to be popular. And uh, a, a quarterback, you never get super popular. But I did not like him as a play at all this week. Even the 5,900 price, there's quarterbacks that I like below and above him that I liked more. So I'm a little bummed about that. I, I really wanted him because I thought he was going to start and then I thought Hill was going to come in so much and mess so much stuff up, especially <laughs> in the red zone, that – I thought Jameis wasn't going to work very well, but I wonder with Hill, like they're going to have a lot of these gadget plays and stuff, and I, that can't be good for Kamara, right? Like they're going to have stuff where uh, you know Hill runs or they do some weird throws. You know, maybe it opens up running lanes for him with a, with a quarterback who's a running threat. We see it with like Kyler Murray, and you know you, you run that read option. We see it with uh, with Miami. We'll talk about them later too. With Tua, like they run so much run options. I watched uh, I watched Miami last week, and you can just see that defensive end. He's got to make a decision and you yeah. kind of take that one guy out. Like you just, <clears throat> that defensive end can't make a play on the running back. Cause he's got to make sure that two is not running wide. I'm just using two as an example. Cause I happened to watch that game last night, but I don't know. It's a weird situation. I think it might be probably better for him running, but worse for him catching would be, my, would be the way I'd look at it. But like, then you look at Kamara like last week he was eight for 15 rushing and against the Niners team that's banged up. You're like, Oh, he must have had a horrible game. 
he had seven catches for 83 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. So he was awesome. Like, <laughs> it's just, I mean, the targets on, on Kamara, 18, 8, 13, 6, and 8 the last four weeks from a running back. I mean, that's like almost McCaffrey-level kind of stuff. And the Falcons are good against the run. They're 3.6 yards per carry, so they play the run well. But I thought that, you know, as long as Kamara was getting dumped downs from Jameis the whole game, and Jameis likes to push it more, but I think that Peyton would have made it so there were plays that Kamara caught the ball. But it's weird. I, I think it makes me like Cook even more against Kamara with just the you know the the not knowing what Taysom Hill is going to do and um, you know Atlanta's had to, has not allowed a hundred yard rusher all year. So if we're looking at rushing stats, I don't love that. But um, I'll probably have to read up more on it. But my my initial take, we're kind of getting this live, is that it makes me like Cook even more over Kamara than I did before. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Adam Levitan tweeted that Taysom Hill has played eighty three snaps at quarterback over the last two seasons. And has thrown eleven passes. Um, it's it, the crazy. This is crazy. I mean, it's not as crazy as Sean Payton saying that Taysom Hill reminded him of Steve Young, which is <laughs> which is not only crazy but personally insulting. To yeah, my yeah. Like, you just compared your gadget play running back to like one of the best quarterbacks in the history. I think he still has like a the quarterback rating in percent. He might not anymore. Mm-hmm. Every quarterback's awesome now, but like. A, like elite inner circle Hall of Fame quarterback, and the fact you even put him in the same breath is insulting to me. Piss me off. But I, the whole thing, the whole thing is weird. I mean, make sure it makes this game interesting and, and watchable. But uh, I don't know. Do you think? Do you think it's like he's going to start and run three plays and then bring in Jameis for the for the rest of the game? Like, is that possible too? I, it seems like he's taking reps at practice that they're going with them, right? It just seems so sloppy of an idea. Um, like college teams do this sometimes, but like yeah. It never works. Well. It never works. Ever. Um, Florida had a year a couple years ago. They were awesome, and they had rotating <laughs> quarterbacks, and it just messed up the entire. Like it just doesn't work. Yeah, wasn't you can't, you can't have a guy get put one series and be like, all right, you're out now. You're just like it doesn't work. Wasn't it Cam's freshman year at Florida? Didn't he go to Florida? He did until he stole a computer, and then he transferred to <laughs> Auburn. <laughs> um, Tebow couldn't have been there, but no, it was. I think you're right. I think it was Tebow and Chris Leak is probably who. Leak maybe whoever yeah. it was. Like it doesn't work. And so to expect it to now work um, in the NFL, I mean, I just, it just, this just seems wild to me. Um, I, I just don't think, certainly in cash, you can pay 9,200 for Camara with that much uncertainty. Um, If you think that like the way they get around all of this is let's just get Camara the ball as much as possible. Like, I guess you can try to convince yourself that, but it just seems so stupidly risky in cash uh, and perfectly risky in GPP. Um, but like, I mean, we'll get to Taysom Hill. I guess if we talk about it in the quarterback or the tight end section, but like everybody should play him on FanDuel where he's a tight end because. So I was, it's funny you said that. I was just looking, I knew he was a quarterback on DraftKings, but I thought he was a tight end on FanDuel. Like, so he becomes like 180% owned on but... a, a tight end, I guess. But like, I don't know if it's, um, why this is, is he, amazing. Why is, why is he a tight end on Fendel? Like, an, that makes sense. Another Schefter tweet. I apologize for everybody listening. But this is like coming in as we're, um, <laughs> as we're taping. Jameis Winston will not be part of any offensive packages Sunday versus the Falcons. Why the hell did they sign Jameis Winston? <laughs> if he can't, if he's not going to start over Taysom Hill, why is he even, it makes no sense. It's just. My favorite thing wild. is that Taysom Hill is 30. Like, he's not, like, fresh out of college, and they're like, let's see what we got here. Like, the guy is 30 years old. Anyway. Um, he's the same age as Madison Bumgarner. 
Like, how does this even work? Like, come on. Uh, Taysom Hill is a $4,500 tight end on DraftKings. Or on FanDuel, sorry. It's, uh, oh boy. How much is he on FanDuel? $4,500 yeah. tight end on... Uh, yeah. A position he's never played, keep in mind. Like, whether you want to say that he is a... <laughs> like, what his position is. Like, a tight end is not one I was ever expecting. It's funny. I look because I just typed in Hill on FanDuel and I got Josh Hill. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's Josh Hill at the tight end there. But it's actually both of them are listed. Yeah, both of them, yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, let's uh, let's keep going with running yeah, backs. I don't, yeah, wanna, yeah. I don't want it to turn this into the the Rotowire New Orleans Saints podcast, but I, uh, it's, I do want to say it, this, it's pretty. The total is staying at fifty one and a half right now. I think you said the total dropped to forty one in the last. <laughs> I was looking for that. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into running back yeah. guy a little further. I think that uh, we hit the top two guys, but. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna make this a big tier here. I'm gonna make it, it it's too big salary wise, but I think they call it kind of fit. from like sixty five hundred to eight thousand. Um, you know, you go from maybe from maybe Zeke or uh, Zeke up to like Derrick Henry. What are you doing with this mid tier? Because I'm having a lot of troubles with this tier. I think there's a lot of guys I like. I mean, you got Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones who are really good, obviously, but you know, and tougher matchups. And uh, Jones did not look great last week. And you've got some guys in good matchups, maybe are lesser plays. Then you've got. Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt, who both had 100 yards last week, but, you know, they're splitting carries. And it's really hard to – it's hard to rely on guys getting each getting 100 yards because it doesn't doesn't work and doesn't happen. But what are you doing with this tier? Are there guys you like? Are you guys that you're really really attacking? There's there's one guy that I have highlighted and bolded in this tier, and that's the only one right now. But I want to hear what, uh, what you got to think about this, this tier in the middle. I think the bummer is that we would have ignored this tier completely had DeAndre Swift not suffered a concussion. Um, that is that is the key in here is that he's he's 6,400. He definitely would have been my favorite play. He looked yeah. great last week. But apparently Thursday, he had to go into the concussion protocol, which yeah. I don't know how that – I don't know if something happened in practice or they just figured it out from him running guys over on Sunday that maybe <laughs> something happened there. But uh, it is a bummer because I, I – I, I obviously, if you get the news on Sunday morning, maybe that changes. But, like, as of right now, there's no way you can use him. I mean, it just – Going in the protocol that late just just, just freaks me out. That's me. really the problem is that it's so late in the week. Um, <clears throat> I mostly found myself avoiding the entire range, at least yeah. for like cash considerations. Like I like the idea of Miles Sanders, um, Chubb was, and Hunt. Like I basically Sanders, have, Sanders is the one that I have bolded. So yeah, uh, Chubb and Hunt. Like you said, like they're splitting so much that like last week was like the perfect like ceiling. Uh, outcome for two running backs splitting carries and like expecting well, that to the, happen the, again. The perfect um, ceiling outcome would have been actually running into the end zone. Into, well, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, obviously, Connor, we we touched on a little bit. Um, you have to consider that he's not getting like every touch, but he's he is getting most of them. Um, are we done with Mike Davis? I am. Why? I mean. I, I guess he could work this. I mean, it's funny because he's been bad the last like four games that McCaffrey, but like really tough matchups. He's faced tough matchups and it hasn't worked. Um, I just, I don't know what we're expecting for this offense this week. It sounds like Teddy Bridgewater is not going to play. Um, so I don't know if we get those, uh, those patented dump offs that we love yeah. going to Mike Davis. If PJ Walker plays and they could get a little more uh, down the field, but yeah, you got to think that he's involved. He's just, the thing is now he's fully priced. Like last week he was 4,000, right. which is, Clearly a mistake because this would be 6,800 after doing nothing last week. So obviously it's not a performance base. They just messed up with Davis last week. You know, they, we didn't know McCaffrey wasn't going to play when the pricing came out. But um, the interesting thing with Chubb and Hunt is you look at you look at the matchup against the Eagles, and I will admit that I did not know this until I looked it up. There is one running back all year that's been over 65 yards on the Eagles. Like wow. that's crazy. Usually I'm like, 
oh, you know, there's only one running back over 100 yards. There's only one running back over 120 yards. There is one running back is Darrell Henderson in week two. He went at 81 yards. There's not another running back over 65 yards against this defense. And they have – granted, they're in the NFC East, so, like, they get to play Wayne Gallman like, seven times I a year. I actually thought Gallman was going to be the answer. No, the answer uh, – it's Darrell Henderson. But uh, Zeke had 63. But, like, you look – and then you're like, oh, well, what did they do against the Ravens? Edwards had 26, Dobbins had 28, Ingram had 20. So, like, that's a team that, like, they have an impressive running game. Maybe maybe we can't play it for fantasy, but usually someone does well there, or maybe as a group they do well, but they've been really good against the run. I kind of pulled off um, Chubb or Hunt. You know, I, I didn't want to really figure them out anyway. I would probably would lean towards Chubb just because I, I think Chubb's really good. But um, Miles Sanders in that same game, though, uh, looked really good last week. He played 49 snaps. He was 15 for 85, but – Fantasy-wise, uh, Boston Scott had a touchdown from outside the, the the red zone. And then Corey Clement came in just because Sanders got down to the two and we, like needed to come out, and Clement scored. And I think he only I think the, I think the other running backs had like four carries or something and had two touchdowns. So I think it was a, a freaky week. Uh, Cleveland played well against Duke Johnson last week, but you know, I don't really think Duke Johnson's very good to go back to your David Montgomery uh, theory in there. But, uh, you know, Jacobs had 120 yards a week before. Granted, it was on 31 carries in the wind. Um, Sanders has played six games. He has 95-plus total yards in five of those games. So he's quietly been really good. Just the touchdowns haven't really been there. But um, he's my favorite play in this range, a 6,900 on DraftKings, 7,700 on FanDuel. But like you, um, I found myself kind of poking holes in almost everybody else in this range. Is the reason Sanders ahead of um, Connor because of the holes that we poke in Connor? It is, and I just don't. The thing with Connor is like last week, you're like, the snaps aren't there. The snaps were there this week. He played yeah. he played 64 snaps last week. He was 13 for 36 and two for 12 receiving. Like, it's just not – it's weird because Pittsburgh has, is so dynamic passing the ball, and they have three receivers who are, I think we can say, are all really, really playing well right now and, yeah. and really good. They have Eric Ebron for in the red zone. I just – you know, Connor doesn't look like he has that, uh, that burst right now, and it could come at any point, and he's obviously a really talented guy, but um, – you know, Jacksonville uh, Jacksonville was thrashed early in the run game, and they've been pretty good lately. They held Aaron Jones 13-46 last week, and I think the way to beat Jacksonville is through the air. And who knows how much Pittsburgh has to do it, but I think early on, I think Pittsburgh just picks apart Jacksonville throwing the ball. Maybe they close with Connor, but I don't know. I just uh, He's 37 for 105 the last three weeks, and that's uh, that's a little concerning to me. And a team that like spreads out so well, there should be holes. He's just not running the ball well right now. So, uh, yeah, I think Sanders both from a um, – who they're facing, and also just talent-wise, I think I'm going Sanders over Connor. And what price does Zeke have to be to play him? It's a really good question because I wrote him down at 6,500. He's 8,000 on Fanduel, so like no way there. Um, if Zeke was 5,800, I think I'd seriously start thinking about him. Okay, I but think... like talk about talk about a game script game you don't like. Like at Minnesota, they should be trailing in that game. Cook should run the ball and burn clock, and Andy Dalton should be back, but. You know, you're not getting the, the Zeke dump-off stuff you got with uh, with Dak. So, um, yeah, I think cheaper than now is what I'm saying. Okay, that's fair. Uh, what about below this range? We've got some interesting names under 6,000. There's three guys that I, I'm considering down here. What are you doing with, with cheap running backs this week? Is there anybody that really jumps out to you as an obvious play? Um, Kalen Balaj. Yeah. Um, never, never thought you'd say that out loud, right? <laughs> um. Did he actually end up playing for the Jets this year? <laughs> he only he got traded to the team like six times and then failed physicals and then uh, did he did he actually take, did he get carries? Yeah, he might. Okay, so we've got a Kalen Balaj uh, revenge game. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, <clears throat> they are indicating that he's supposed to get most of the touches this week, which feels kind of outrageous. But um, 
They're nine and a half point favorites, and he's fifty six hundred. So that's why you play him. It's the and no weirdly, to... weirdly, he played a lot last week, and Anthony Lynn was like, "We need to play Kalen Balaj more." And I'm like, "He pretty much played the whole game." He, Joshua Kell had 17 snaps, and Balaj had 46. So I don't know how much we're going to play him, but uh, I mean, the, the 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 game script against your Jets is just there. It's like you mentioned the price. Um, I mean, 33 carries and nine uh, targets over the last two games. Like, and he's he hasn't really done anything with them, but an offense where the you like the offense and he gets the goal line carries. Um, I don't know. It's just uh, it's hard to get away from him. But there's a couple other names down here. I think an interesting guy is Damian Harris. I know New England running backs probably make your skin skin crawl a little bit, but 5800 on DraftKings, and he's uh, he only played 32 snaps, but 22 for 121. And they're playing Houston, which is the the running back matchup we try and find every week. I mean, we mentioned Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They both had 100 yards last week against Houston. Um, James Robinson had 99 yards the week before. Derrick Henry had 212 on them. Um, My concern with Harris is snaps. Like, he played 32 snaps last week. But every time he's in, they hand him the ball, and he kind of looks like he might be pretty good. Like, he's really running the ball well. He's played six games. He's 100 yards in three of them. We talk about guys who – there aren't that many 100-yard rushers every week anymore. And he's he had 50% of the time so far. No receiving points. I think that's fair. And the other the other knock on Harris would be the, the fact that they have the Patriots have sixteen carries inside the five. Cam Newton has twelve of them. Twelve, yeah. So uh red zone and, and and PPR, you're not getting that. But I don't know. If they can they hand the ball to him twenty times in the game against Houston, I really like my chances of Damian Harris at fifty eight hundred. Yeah. Um Jerry Donabedian a few weeks or maybe two weeks ago, um, in his running back hidden stat line article was saying how Harris Harris's um, like carries per snap is so high that like you yeah. almost don't even consider how many snaps he's playing because it's just so much higher than everybody else in terms of how many times he actually touches the ball. So um, yeah, he's one of those weird ones that like if you look at if you're only looking at snaps and you're like ah he's just not playing enough and it's like he's actually gets the ball almost like every time he's on the field. Um, but you're right, like they. It's tough when you're like, I'm going to get the running back who gets all of the touches except when they're near the the uh, end zone right. or any time in the passing game. Um, and like, do I really want to shake my fist at the sky every time Rex Burkhead comes in and scores? Right. Like, it's, it's frustrating, but um, I like it. Uh, I like it this week. I think that he I think I like him as much as Balazs. It's a, it's a tough one for me between the two. I kind of like both of them in their situations. I think Harris is a much better player. Um, I'd probably lean towards Harris because the better player, and I think I, I usually go with that. But Balazs is in a better spot for sure. Um, I'm. I was actually not expecting you to say Harris. I was excited to hear which one of Antonio Gibson or um, J.D. McKissick or Gio Bernard. Um, it's it, the 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 Gibson thing is crazy, right? Because he didn't. He wasn't even good last week, but he scored twice. So everybody's like, "Oh, he's a great play." And a like, great play, yeah. He was 13 to 45. He was 420 catching. JD McKissick had 15 targets. He had 10 at halftime. Yeah, there was a point in the first half where someone was like, JD McKissick has nine targets. I'm like, do you mean on in like the last three games? Like, and I looked up and Alex Smith literally was dumping it to him every single play. And I don't get it. It's it's just not a they're treating JD McKissick like he's some sort of Darren Sproles. Like <laughs> right. that is, the whole thing is strange. Um, I guess with Gibson, probably a, a pretty good game script this week. They're a close, a close game, and they're actually favorites. They're like a point and a half favorite over Cincy. I just the the usage is just not there for me. Told I would go I'd go Balaj and Harris over Gibson this week, which sounds crazy from like a a talent dynamic perspective. But I just I just like the usage more than the other two guys. That's fair. I mean I I don't think there's any reason to uh, 
to think otherwise. It's just um, like it's not a it's not a Harris situation where like Gibson gets the ball every time he's on the field. Right. And so um, yeah, and no thought of of Bernard on the other side. Uh, you got Bernard and Duke Johnson right there in the same range and with starting jobs. I just, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I think I'm off both of them. Uh, Gio's a little more interesting this week because last week they were just trailing against Pittsburgh and he just kind of game scripted out. And they don't really, he had seven targets, but four for 17. Like he's just not doing anything with them. Um, I, uh, the Washington defense is pretty good, but if you're going to get him, it's against the run. I just, neither of these guys really excite me. I can see them both as plays, strictly volume guys, but. Uh, I'm probably not doing it. I, I like the other three guys we mentioned in this range more than I, I like. I go Gibson over them, and I don't love Gibson. So, if you like exciting, how much do you like four thousand dollar Adrian Peterson? God, that's gross. Uh, like, it's just <laughs> if, if Swift doesn't play, and I've got to do that, I uh, I don't think I could do it to be honest. But I, I think it, it the, the reason why is there's someone at forty eight hundred who I think is interesting, and that's uh, Savon Ahmed. Uh, with with Miami going against Denver looked good last week. He was 21 yeah. 85 against the the Chargers. Um, Jordan Howard's been released, thankfully, but apparently picked up by the Eagles, which makes zero sense. Miles um, Gaskin's still out. Uh, two University of Washington guys with Ahmed and Gaskin. Um, you look at Denver, the defense. If you add up what Josh Jacobs and Devontae Booker of all people did last week, 35 for 193 and four <laughs> rushing touchdowns, like. Holy hell, was Denver bad on defense last week. And a good game script, Miami's favorite. I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the quarterbacks with Taysom that I, I watched. I went back and watched his game because I was curious on Ahmed how he looked. And, like, they run so much stuff with Tua with the run option that you just see, like, you see lanes open up. And he was running through big holes last week. Um, I think I'd play Ahmed over AP every single day. That's – I think that's absolutely fair. And there's not – Are you are you considered Peter, Peterson at 4,000? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, I was – Hoping you would bring up Ahmed because they're Ahmed's close enough to Peterson where it's like I think, and and it's not like Peterson is like getting all the is playing three downs anyway. Um, I, I like how Ahmed looked last week. I think he uh, I think he might have a little something. Yeah. Um, how confident would you be going into? I know you don't play much cash, but if you build a cash lineup and you look down and you had Kalen Balaj and uh, Ahmed in your uh, in your lineup, you that, think you'd win that week? That's how you drew it up week one, right? Right. Like, I right. remember we were talking about, we were talking week one. You're like, you know what? I can't wait till we get to week 11. I just want to unleash Kalen Balazs as much yeah. as I can. Against the Jets, no less. Against the Jets, no less. So, um, interesting running back week because I think we've got the two studs at the top. And then we've got like four or five guys down here that either either both of us like or one of us like or you can make cases for. And then the middle ground is, is kind of dead. It's going to be interesting to see ownership percentage. I think the top two will have a lot. And then I think these guys at the bottom will kind of be spread. There's enough of them where I think they get spread out a little bit. Whereas last week, you know, it was Mike Davis, Mike Davis, Mike Davis. And I think that uh, this week we've got so many guys in here. I think we're going to get spread out, which is which is fun. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's definitely going to – I think Cook will definitely be the highest. I do too, um, yeah. <clears throat> probably Cook and Kamara. It's that third one that will be interesting to see how many people are willing to play the Connor car, the Connor play because like, fundamentally it makes sense. I don't think anybody – I think Connor will be low. Um yeah, I mean, you you can kind of knock all of them. Like, we didn't even talk about Aaron Jones um, against a really tough defense, but... Yeah, it's and he's only 7,200. The Colts have 3.4 yards per carry. Um, Derrick Henry's the only running back over 75 yards against the Colts. They played, and they they played some good ones, too, like I yeah. mentioned. I think it was the Eagles that played Wayne Gallman a bunch, but they played Joe Mixon, they played Dalvin Cook, they played James Robinson. Like, the Colts have played some pretty good running backs. The thing with Aaron Jones is like it's back to the touchdowns. Like he's got a score to really work because they they and J- Jamal Williams gets some work in there and 
you know, Rodgers is so on fire throwing the ball right now. Do you, if Devontae Adams, we get to run receivers, if Devontae Adams does not play, he, he didn't practice yesterday, I think he's going to play. But if he doesn't play, does that make you think like, uh, maybe I need to get Jones in there because he's going to see a lot of, a lot more touches in the passing game and maybe they, they maybe they kind of change the game script a little bit? Probably not enough for me. Okay. That's I, fair. That, that uh, Colts defense, so um, was it last Thursday that they played the Titans? Yeah. Um, that game, like I remember uh, the Titans kept going back and forth between one-point favorites and one-point underdogs. And I thought to myself, like the Colts aren't that good. Like I don't get, and I think I was just focusing way too much on on Philip Rivers and T.Y. Hilton and that part of the team. Um, and I realized, like, uh, apparently defenses don't matter, but, like, they look pretty good. And so, like, buying into that, going up against that when I, you know, we're not, like, jumping to play other guys, but there are other guys to play. So, like, I'm not sure we really need to go that far. It's funny because I, I clicked on running backs. I'm like, oh, Aaron Jones is cheaper than I thought he'd be. And then I as I broke it down, I'm like, I don't like him as much as I thought I would. So yeah. it's, uh, it's always interesting. Derrick, I mean, Derrick Henry against Baltimore, like, we didn't say his name and yeah i mean volume volume is always there i just uh you know new england ran the ball pretty well on baltimore so we mentioned damian harris but um overall they've been really good against running yeah. backs and i just with derrick henry it's so volume i just i i want games where they're ahead and i don't think they're i don't think they're ahead in this game so i'm probably not going to pay the price this week i think that's right yeah Let's jump into the passing game, but first a note from our sponsor, PropSwap. Smart sports bettors always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart, smart bettors use PropSwap. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. You see a ticket you like, but you think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. PropSwap spe- sw- sellers are always willing to negotiate, and we all know bookies never will. And for a limited time, our listeners can get up to $500 in bonus cash. Use the promo code ROTO500, that's promo code R-O-T-O-500, and PropSwap will match your first deposit up to $500. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. So quarterbacks, uh, really interesting this week. We've got no one over 7,500. We had, we mentioned Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray played last night. Patrick Mahomes is playing Sunday night. So you kind of take the top three guys immediately off the board like that. It becomes uh, really interesting uh, I'm gonna let you go first here. Among these, let's go like I want to go. Let's go 6,600 above. Not to spoil the quarterback I like most. Anybody in this top tier that you're really uh, you're really fired up about using? Because uh, I think I, I have one that's gonna probably upset you. Um, I don't think. <laughs> I, I want to talk about Hill again. <clears throat> Sorry. No, I that's fine. Like, it, what he's uh, he's 40. How much is he on? 4,800 uh, 4, on DraftKings. Yeah. Um, listed at quarterback. Listed at quarterback. Okay. Um, that game has the highest total of the week. Um, they're favored by four as of now. Uh, let me refresh here. Oh, down to 50 and a half. It's crashing. I'm telling you, it's 41 by the time we get up. Yeah. <laughs> um, 4,800 for a quarterback against the Falcons. This really, really tests you. If you've ever said something like, I would play anyone against the Falcons under 5,000. and um, That's fair. So if I had to give you a number, how many rushing yards do you think Taysom Hill has at the end of the game? What would be your, like, if you're a Vegas bookie, what's your over-under on that number? Um, 29 and a half. See, I think that's so low. But, I mean, you, so you think they, they literally use him as a regular quarterback then? 
I also just don't think he's that good. So like, like it's but almost like, like last la- last week he had eight carries for forty five yards. The week before he had seven seven fifty four. I think that just like just by the way they run and they the the, the other weapons. Like I think he's got to get a couple of big chunk plays. Like I think he runs for. I'd set that over under at like forty five and a half. And then you're like, oh, well, that builds in a floor that is like a, there's a there's five six point floor like. Uh, God, I just think he sucks, and I don't think he can pass the ball. But I was gonna say, what do you? What's the passing prop? Yeah, I, I, a hundred and twenty-seven and a half. I don't know. Like that can't, it can't be that low. Like a hundred sixty. I, I don't know. I, it's. I don't think we can answer that question because I don't think we know, and I, anybody that pretends to know is wrong. Yeah. Because they don't know. I don't think we know if he can pass the ball well enough to play NFL quarterback in the NFL. I don't think we know the question, the answer to that question, or can he run a offense for four quarters rather than coming in for trick plays and misdirection where obviously those rushing yards are, are boosted up. Cause he's always in a situation where breeze is out there too, maybe, or like there's, there's just a lot of, you don't, you're not getting those trick plays. You need defenses that, and now, I mean, Atlanta's apparently scheming for him. I don't know if the Atlanta defense schemes for anybody to be honest with you, but uh 4,800 is really cheap. I mean, he, he certainly becomes, you, you got to consider him if nothing else. Um, I mean, theoretically like a short pass to Camara can go long. So Absolutely. like, um. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, a, a short pass to Deontay Harris can go long too. It just, I, I, it's, I'm curious to see how they scheme stuff. If they're going to run a lot of run option, they're going to run some wishbone. I don't know what that is. <laughs> we might, it might. This might be Tommy Frazier at Nebraska. I don't know. Yeah. Yet. I mean, did, how many passes does he attempt? I guess is a question. Does he attempt like twenty passes? Does he attempt twenty five passes? Like I don't even know. It, it, we don't even know what kind of offense they're going to run with him at quarterback, which is the toughest part of all this. Um, so the Falcons, is this possibly right that they have allowed the second fewest running rushing back rushing yards to running backs this season? I guess because uh, everybody just throws all over them. Yeah, they're allowing three point six yards per carry, and they haven't allowed a hundred yard rusher. So I, I would think that that's probably true. We're talking about Kamara earlier, but yeah, I think everybody just, just thrashes them on the on the in the pass game so significantly. I mean, they gave up. They've got more than 300 yards passing to the five of the last six quarterbacks they've played. So I think that uh, any team just throw the ball because it's just it's so easy. So Trubisky had 42 rushing yards against them back in week three. I assume he was still starting because 42 seems like a lot for Nick Foles. Um, Teddy, uh, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater yeah. had 30 in week eight and Drew Locke had 47 last week. Yeah. Um, to be fair, Trubisky, that was one run for 45 yards. I mean, they all count. Yeah, they do, but he didn't like. He wasn't like scrambling frequently. He just had one big play. But yeah, the the Drew Lock last week is interesting. Seven forty seven is pretty significant. Um, I just I, I I can't sit here and pretend to know what their offense is going to look like, which makes it really hard. Like I I'd love to be like I think they're going to run this and this, but I you know I don't know the answer to that question because they're they're such a a certain way with Drew Brees, and it's like all right, quick plays, get the ball out fast, throw the ball slants and all that kind of stuff to Thomas every once in a while. Maybe you take a little bit shot down the field of Jared Cook, uh, a lot of dump offs to Kamara. Like you know what their offense looks like. There's no way to know what it looks like with this guy. It, it could be uh, they could do it like Lamar Jackson, where he's getting you know 15 carries, but you know if he gets six carries and throws the ball 22 times, like I want no part of that, no matter what the price is. But if he carries it 15 times, like he suddenly becomes like the most automatic play at 4,800 ever. So it's, it's just, it's hard to know. And um, I imagine a lot of people take shots at him at 4,800 though. What's this? What's the floor? Like, let me rephrase that. What's uh, his worst outcome? His worst outcome is he, um, he's three for nine passing in the first half and they put Jamison. 
I, I don't think there's any way they play Jameis. So let's, from, the, from those tweets, it certainly seems like you're right. Right. So like, what's crazy. what's the four quarter basement? The four quarter floor is he looks like crap passing the ball and throws for like ninety six yards and runs and runs a ton, but it doesn't. It's not effective. He runs for you know fourteen times for forty two yards. So that's like nine points, which are something like that, which you can't play. But I mean, that's that's a dead like that's a dead floor, and it, right. it depends like. If they get up in this game, like if Kamara goes crazy and they maybe they maybe they just run the ball the whole second half, like they're just there's just no way to know. But you know, maybe they maybe they run it and they hit a couple deep plays with him too. Like there's certainly certainly conceivable they run some trick plays and hit something deep or um You have to think that a dead floor play for Hill kills Kamara and Michael Thomas also. Certainly Thomas. Certainly Thomas. I I guess you get a game where Kamara, you know, hits for uh, just they just run the ball a ton, but the interesting part is like, does this bring is Latavius Murray interesting? Like, if Kamara's a little banged up, like we didn't even talk about him at running backs. Um, like if they're gonna run something weird and and use Kamara in the backfield and let Murray run the ball a bunch of times, like does he become? A, he's uh, oh, they priced him way up. Wow. Yeah, he's way up. He's fifty nine hundred definitely. I get. Did they know? I guess Kamara had the ankle at the end of the game last week, so that makes sense. He was he was four thousand last week, and I was like, oh, if you're going to get him down there, he's interesting. Fifty nine hundred, I probably don't do it. I mean, just yeah. just to like accentuate how bad the Mike Davis mistake was last week, like Alexander Madison is sixty two hundred this week. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's uh, but anyway, four thousand just as a, a misprice. But let's well, let's go to the, let's go to the top sorry. The yes, we, we we're supposed to talk about real quarterbacks here. No, but it, I mean, you have to. It's uh, it's forty eight hundred for a guy who's quarterbacking one of the teams, the top implied totals on the whole on the whole board. And he's forty eight hundred. Like it has to come into play. Um, but at the top, do you consider Lamar Jackson this week? No. So he's facing Tennessee. I mean, the only thing I want to tell you yes, about but... Lamar Jackson is I think that they are finally going back to a little bit of last year. He had double digit carries once in the first seven games. Last three weeks, he has 16, 13, 11. I think that they're they're opening it up with him a little bit. Um, he hasn't topped 250 passing yards since week one, which is not great. Um, but over 55 rushing yards in, in, in all the last four weeks. I think that uh, he's in my pool this week, especially in GPP. I think that I think the big game's coming, and you always hate to play on that. But I think that the the fact that they're running him more and kind of opening it up again like they did last year, I think I think actually is a material thing. with The, with the, the, the difference in carries the last month versus the first two months is, is pretty sizable. No, that's that's definitely fair. I think uh, you can find problems with like every quarterback this week, um, except Taysom Hill, obviously. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like the other guys at the top, like Rodgers, we were just talking about that Colts defense. Like, obviously, they're like if, if Devonte Adams doesn't play, that obviously hurts Rodgers. But like, yeah, um, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even consider him if Adams doesn't play. Yeah, um, Justin Herbert is, I think, a fine play matchup wise against the Jets, who just lost their best corner. Um, but you have to think like if they, if they get up early, uh, the jets are like allergic to scoring. So like if that game gets out of hand, uh, right. Herbert's not gonna have to throw that much. Um, I mean, only th- 32 times last week, I guess he did have that rushing touchdown, which helped. Um, yeah, I, I know Herbert's, I knew Herbert's been good. You know, he has three, three plus touchdowns in all the last six games. That's crazy. Pretty wild. Last week one was rushing and he got the, he got the goal line look there. He got the sneak, but um, I love Herbert. I just, the point you make about the Jets is true. Like if they're up 24 to six at halftime, like, you know, they just hand the ball off and they can, they can spread it between their running backs and you just wonder there. But uh, I think Herbert is a very live play 1600 with a ton of upside. Sure. But there is that, there is that issue with the, the game script is, is definitely probably the worst on the slate. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, Roethlisberger, uh, I think is 
of like a perfectly good play. Um, he has obviously all of his three receivers healthy right now. We were talking about how much Connor's been struggling. Matchup against Jacksonville is certainly one you can take advantage of. I just can't remember the last time I was like, yeah, I'm playing Big Ben and I feel good about this. But like he's been, yeah, he's and been last really week good. I was- Last week I was worried because he had the knee. He had the knee the week before where he's like limping around, and then like in the middle of the first quarter last week he was like shaking out his arm. And I'm like, oh man, here we go. And then you look up and what was it? It was 334 yards, 330 yeah. yards, four touchdowns. And it's funny we talked about you know which Pittsburgh receiver to use last week, and the answer was all three. All was of them. To yeah. Play. Um, why is Deshaun Watson still 6500? I just uh, I love him this week at 6500. I think it's just he's just so cheap. And I know that New England can play defense, but I mean, they gave up 250 yards and two touchdowns passing to Lamar last week. They gave up to 262 and three to Joe Flacco the week before that. Like, it's not like they're infallible against the pass and they're giving up 7.8 yards per attempt. They just, you know, faced a lot of great quarterbacks. And last week, I think he got, he got winded. He got winded out a little bit in Cleveland. He was 20 for 30. He threw all 30 times for 161. And you could tell they weren't pushing the ball downfield in that weather. But back indoors this week, prior to last week, he had 280 yards in five straight games. I just I think he's I think he's too cheap at 6500. It kind of it's weird. It kind of takes the guys that I liked a little bit cheaper. It kind of takes them out because I'm like, why don't I just go up 300 to Deshaun Watson? No, I think that's a perfectly reasonable argument. Um, it does seem like a bit of a I don't want to call it a misprice, but it is weird to see like Bridgewater right after him and uh, right you know, like Newton's yeah, pretty it, close. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I like I like uh, Watson. I think literally any quarterback you think about, you say, all right. If I play this guy, um, where am I finding the fifteen hundred dollar in savings to play someone else instead of Taysom Hill? Which I, I can't believe we're talking about this. Yeah, it's it's wild. But um, if you go a little bit lower, I mean, obviously I had Jameis Bolden to talk about, but that goes out the window now because he's not playing and he's not even involved in the offense apparently. Um, under six thousand, do you? Um, Taysom Hill probably messes this up too because you're under 6,000. You're like, well, I could just drop down under 5,000 and get someone who's going to run the ball a bunch. But um, I sneakily sort of think Phillip Rivers is a decent play this week at 5,600. Um, I like the game script. It's a close game against Green Bay with a lot of it's indoors, high total. I, we're going to talk about Colts receivers here in a little bit because I think one is really emerging as a really good play this week. Green Bay doesn't pressure, the, doesn't pressure very well so far this year. I think that's the key with Rivers is if you get him some time, he'll be all right. Last four weeks, he has three games over 250 yards, two games with three touchdowns. Um, we mentioned uh, receivers coming on a little bit. Um, I don't love Phillip Rivers as a, as a ceiling guy, but I think he's, I think the floor is pretty good. 5,600, I think he's I think he's usable this week if you wanted to get cheap and maybe maybe pivot off uh, off Hill at the cheap level. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, 44, 33, 43, and 39 pass attempts in the last three weeks. Or four yeah, weeks, that's pretty big and he's got he's got Naheem Himes out of the backfield that you know makes plays when he catches the ball which which works I mean that, that always is helpful what do you do with uh with Joe Burrow this week 5,500 on DraftKings at Washington they do pressure the quarterback well as opposed to Green Bay the crazy thing with Burrow is like you watch plays and you're like oh that looked good that didn't look good like you're not totally sure but 46 dropbacks on average per game which is an absurd number um, the volume is just wild. I, I think I would need T Higgins to play. He missed practice with an illness. We don't know if that's COVID related or not yet. Um, what do you do? Do you play, do you consider Burrow at all at 5,500? Um, I didn't really. Um, okay. I was kind of intrigued with Tua, just the idea of Tua, but like, um, it, not that it felt like a, like I probably would have played Winston over Tua had Winston yeah. Apparently, been a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think I think the Tua thing seems more fun than the stat yes. line. Yes. Like, 
I'm, I, I watched the game, and I, I mentioned I watched the game, and, I, and he, he, like, looked dynamic and fun. Then I looked up, he had 169 pa- yards passing and minus one yard rushing. So, like, they were running a lot of run option, but he wasn't really doing much with it. So I just uh, – there's too many other guys who I think have just more of a ceiling right now than, than Tua does, the way Miami runs offense. No, I, I totally agree. Um, I think if you're really going nuts, but you want – like, if there are a bunch of people who are going to play Taysom Hill – and you want which, to differentiate, which, which, which I which I think there are. Yeah, and you build a Taysom Hill lineup that has a little money left over. Uh, this is for tournaments. Please don't do this in a cash game, or if you do, <laughs> please post your head-to-heads. Um, would you be willing to just adjust slightly for Andy Dalton in a game that maybe he throws forty times because they're losing? I don't think it's a terrible thought by any means. And I, I, I kind of figured that was the name you're going to go with just because the way you were talking about the, the pricing, he's 5,300. He's got weapons. He's got three really good, three really, really good talented receivers. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if you want to go in a tournament and like you said, a game, they're going to have to throw a bunch. I mean, that the one game he played the whole game against Arizona, he threw 54 times. Like I know that's Arizona. They had 86 snaps in that game, which is just crazy. But um, yeah, we had 286 yards in that game. I, I don't think it's a terrible, uh, a terrible tournament play. I'm probably, not, I'd probably go to Rivers um, or Burrow instead myself, just for a little bit uh, smaller price bump. Just I like those guys maybe a little bit more. But yeah, with the weapons they have in the game script, you can certainly see that game flowing the way you wanted to. And you could go like you go Dalton and Cooper, and then come back with Cook. And I think you got a you got a lineup that uh, you know suddenly could be firing a little bit pretty well. There you go. There you go. Because Cooper Cooper's really cheap this week too. Yeah. I actually like to I actually like Cooper decently as a standalone for the same type of reasons. Like they just have to throw the ball so much. All right, the last guy, he's a three and a half point home underdog. Okay. He's thrown 40, 41, 48, and 47 passes in the last four weeks. Any interest? Uh sounds like it, but I need to say, you need to say the name out loud. No, no, you don't. It's not Ryan Tannehill. Is it Ryan Tannehill? No. Who is it? Drew Locke. Who My, apparently is I trending towards playing because he's hurt anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, they're, they're splitting. They split reps at, uh, at practice today. It was a Brett Rippon, I think, from Boise yeah. State is the other guy. Drew Locke is weird. Like, he's so bad for three quarters, and then he looks like a really good quarterback in the fourth quarter and racks up stats. Um, I don't I don't fully trust it not being fully healthy, though. I just uh, there it, it's such a fine line with Locke. I mean, worked we worked really well for us a couple weeks ago in in that Atlanta game. So you see Atlanta, you could throw anybody out there apparently, which is more Taysom Hill. But I was gonna say, I think the I think the appropriate response was simply, why don't you just play Taysom Hill? Uh, it's gonna be really hard if I play Taysom Hill to root for that dude all week. I mean, I have nothing against him. I just don't like the way they use him normally. But uh, Twi- the, NFL- is the Falcons have never let us down. NFL Twitter is going to be wild during that game. I mm-hmm. got to tell you, it's going to be it's going to be a blast. So, but let's talk about the guys who are going to be catching the passes from all these quarterbacks. So, first, a note from our uh, our sponsor, BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with RotoWire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six month RotoWire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website, and once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of RotoWire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Have to be 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 
1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text REDLINE at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotion is not available in Nevada. So wide receiver, the top of the board is, uh, uh, you know, a, a party of one. We've got one guy over 8,000. We've got Devontae Adams. We mentioned earlier he uh, he sat with his didn't, – didn't practice on Thursday, sat with that ankle injury. Um, 8,600, uh, we don't need to go through the stats. They're obviously bonkers. Double-digit targets in five straight games, seven touchdowns the last four games. They get inside the five. They seem to, like we talked about last week, they seem to build a play for Devontae Adams to score. Um, at Indy, though, you know, that's a, it's been a, been a tougher matchup, a, a good defense. Indoors, though, you like with uh, with someone that a receiver like that. Do you play if Adams plays and seems fine in practice today? Do you do an A six hundred or are you just going to move down to lower guys? I think there are enough other guys you can play. Um, I think eighty six hundred, even with a forty eight hundred dollar quarterback. Um, I think eighty <laughs> six hundred is a little high. I mean, I played him probably played him in nine thousand, but like um, we have some like very good matchups this week with some guys who I think are underpriced. And so um, like, I don't think that the realistic range of outcomes between Devonte Adams and Keenan Allen is worth 1200 bucks. And so yeah. meaning Adam, I don't think Adams is $1,200 better um, particularly Gimpy. Although I feel like anytime I consider guys who are like, Oh, maybe not a hundred percent. Like he still goes 10 for 12, 10 right. for 12 for 140. Yeah. But um I think, yeah, they're just like better matchups out there. Um, Michael Thomas, I had originally considered as one of them, but I no longer do. Um, (laughs) I mean, honestly, like I thought 7,300 for Michael Thomas was fine. I think Allen is just so far ahead of everyone else. Like particularly the Jets have one good defensive player. Uh, Let's I'll I'll say two. One of them is Brian Poole, who... um, guards a slot where Allen would have been pool is their best cornerback. Like their best has been since he's been there and he is out. Um, Like if, if the chargers wanted to, I think Keenan Allen could catch 35 passes in this game. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like you said, it's just, it's a, it's a a want to thing. Like is if they, if the jets can score a couple times, like I think that Keenan Allen becomes really interesting. Obviously if they shut it down the second half, it's not as fun, but 7,100 is still, a, you know, I missed the days we were playing 6,200 for Keenan Allen, which is only two weeks ago somehow. But, um, yeah, I think I agree with you. I think that you could drop down. You drop down 1,000 to to Julio, to Keenan Allen. Um, like I said, I'd probably cross off Michael Thomas now just because I don't know what the hell that offense is going to look like. But um, I agree with you there. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of cheap receivers I'm going to like we're going to talk about. So I got a lot of cheap ones for you this week. I know you always love those. Um, dropping down a little bit more kind of in that next tier, like – I'm not playing AJ Brown at Baltimore. Um, you know, obviously he can go off against anybody, but at the price, just not the matchup I want in him. Calvin Ridley partially practiced Wednesday. We don't know what's going to happen there. Maybe that, you know, maybe that affects if you play Julio too, as if what Ridley does. The guy I want to talk to you about is 6,900 on DraftKings, still under 7,000 is Terry McLaurin, who I think we talk about, we talk about a lot because he's always, he's always in this range. He's always playable, but it's, it's fun. Cause last, last year he was like, Oh, Terry McLaurin is this big boomer bus guy. And he can make great plays, but the guy has seven catches every week. Like he had seven catches the last four weeks. He has 10 targets per game in the last four weeks. It's like, it's like 11, 12, nine, eight or whatever it is, but exactly 40 targets last four games. Um, Alex Smith pretty much drops back and throws to him or JD McKissick. Like last week, it was the only guys that he was looking at. He's still under 7,000 since he has allowed, um, since he allowed 13 plus fantasy points to three different Pittsburgh receivers last week. We talked about how they went off. Corey Davis had eight for one twenty-one touchdown the week before. Since he's allowed a wide 100-yard receiver in four straight games, like they are just they are just getting shredded passing wise. 
I think Terry McLaurin at 6,900 is just kind of like you just throw him in there and, and kind of go for it. I mean, there's, it depends on how you build. But if you're building someone up here, I mean, I, I think he's a guy that should be like 73, 7,100 also. I think he's a little bit a little bit underpriced. I think if he – like when I saw 6,900, I'm like, oh, man, that seems pretty high for McLaurin. Um, but like if you'd shown me his stats throughout right. the whole season, I'd be like, yeah, he should be 7,300. Yeah, like no problem. Because you think the first thing you do is like, oh, Alex Smith. Right. But it, then it you is, realize that – it is very strange to only look at two guys and have them be so like it's McKissick and McLaurin. Um, but yeah, I think he, I think he makes a ton of sense this week. Um, you're obviously in the same range. Like he's cheaper than Allen. Um, it's kind of the beginning of the Pittsburgh guys. Like, um, I, like I said, I think there are a lot of guys to play this week. McLaurin is absolutely one of them. Yeah, I do too. I mean, it just kind of depends how you build. I mean, in that range, like. Kenny Galladay didn't practice again, so I'm just I'm probably not messing with that. Um, but he dropped down. I was like I was like oh I wonder what, I wonder what Adam Thielen's price this week probably like seven thousand. You know he scores a score he's down in yards but still scores a lot. Adam Thielen is sixty three hundred on DraftKings. I was surprised by that price. Do you think that's a price where um, you're in on a guy who hasn't top fifty five yards less for games but has does seem to score every freaking week? Um, I went to the guy who actually does catch the passes. Like, I think Justin Jefferson at 6,000 is pretty good. So um, funny you say that because I like, I bolded Thielen. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to play that 1600 for sure. I'm like, oh, Justin Jefferson's cheaper. So, yeah, I think uh, the only hesitation I had is um, how much of the Vikings, like, if you're playing Dalvin Cook, that's the problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cook and, and um, Jefferson could both have huge games. Like, it's not out of the question. Um, Jefferson and Thielen too. I mean, they're, they're not like short route guys. Like they can make big plays. Um, so it's not like you need 15 targets from Jeff for Jefferson, uh, for him and, uh, cook to have good games. But yeah, I think all of like against Dallas, any, anybody's a good play. So if you were playing a GPP and you're like, Dalvin Cook's going to be 47%. I want to fade Dalvin Cook. Um, interesting if you you don't you still want a piece of that game. It'd be interesting to go either Thielen or Jefferson or even both of them. Um, Dallas has allowed seven touchdowns to wide receivers the last four weeks. They've allowed six wide receivers over 70 yards in that stretch. There's a lot of guys doing well. Thielen has, leads the NFL in end zone targets, believe it or not. That's kind of a not who exactly who you'd expect doing that. But I think if you if you go to GP and you do fade cook, I think you've got to play one of these guys to kind of get that uh, get that leverage going the other way. Yeah. Cousins is only sixty two hundred too, so like it's not like you have to pay, spend so much to get like I, I think it's perfectly fine to play uh, Jefferson and Thielen with Cousins. I don't think you need to run it back because uh, Dallas isn't any good anyway. But if you wanted to, like, yeah. there are guy like we were talking yeah, about. You Cooper's go back with Amari Cooper, yeah, yeah. So um, I think you could definitely attack that game if you wanted to. Without so the uh, yeah the Pittsburgh receivers we talked about uh, you know uh, Jacksonville can't uh, can't stop the pass they've allowed a hundred yard receiver in five straight games which is a pretty pretty stat that jumps out to you we got the three same three guys again it's funny because we broke them down last week and we decided that you know all of them was the one that worked out uh, Claypool sixty one hundred Juju sixty four hundred uh, my boy Deontay Johnson still the cheapest fifty nine hundred after another double digit target week um, it'll be boring but uh, I'm going back to Deontay I just think that when he plays. He gets 10 targets, but I think all three of these guys are playable. It's really hard to figure out if you're trying to play one of which one, but uh, I'd probably go the cheapest one with a bunch of targets. I'd, I'd go Deontay myself. Uh, I totally, they should all be the same price. They should. They like, should all be 6,300. Just go with that. If, if anything, Claypool should probably be cheaper. Um, like he, like 23 targets in the last uh, two games. 
but 69 and 56 yards, um, like that's what's holding him back. Obviously, he has a bunch of touchdowns under him, but uh, the Johnson I, Johnson is just weird. Like I don't get, I don't get it. Uh, but yeah, I think he's a per, he's a great play. Um, like 5900 is a pretty nice price too. He's played six full games. He has double digit targets in five of those six. Like it's not a two out of three or three out of four. Like this, this is six games and yeah. five of them with double digit targets. And in those five, he had the one bad game. I get it. But he has 75 plus yards in four of those five games. He has four touchdowns in those games. Um, we mentioned the Jaguars uh, just, just struggling against the pass. I just think that uh, I think Deontay is uh, a really good play this week. And I think all you could I even can argue for all three Pittsburgh guys. I mean, Juju's getting a ton of targets. He's kind of turning their possession guy, weirdly enough. He's, he's kind of the guy that catches all the short passes. And then the other guys catch a little bit more downfield. But uh, I would just take the 500 bucks savings. and I'd play Deontay. Yeah, I agree. I, I think most people go there. Like, I think Claypool will be the, the lowest owned of the three. Yeah. Um, because Juju's scoring. Johnson's the cheapest, and that just leaves Claypool. But yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good point there. Um, anybody else in the six thousand? We talked about Justin Jefferson. Um, I, I like that one a lot. The targets are a little weird. The last four weeks he's gone eleven, four, four, ten. So it's it's a little bit strange there. It's a little Tyler um, Lockety. It's very it's very Tyler Lockety. He had a good game last night. Um, last uh, but last seven weeks since Jefferson started really playing a lot and being involved heavily in the offense he has four games over 100 yards I mean that's a that's a really yeah. big upside guy right there I mean it's just a guy that he's really good you look at like the the PFF receiver stats I think he's like second behind Devontae and like it, just like pure r- route running stuff so I think that you know Minnesota's obviously found an absolute stud in, in this pick and he was like the fourth or fifth running back taken off the board too um, in the draft but I think he's very playable I, with with Thielen I think both those guys are playable in here, I don't uh, I don't like Will Fuller that much this week just because I, I think Brandon Cooks a thousand dollars cheaper makes more sense. Uh, Robbie Anderson, uh, you just I no idea what to expect with PJ Walker. I think that at six thousand, um, as much as uh, there are weeks I've liked Robbie Anderson this year, I think without Bridgewater, I just I don't think I could do it because that that possession like a ton of target stuff is what we liked with Anderson, and I just don't know I don't I don't, I don't know what you're gonna get with PJ Walker and at six thousand. I don't want to play that much of an unknown. Yeah, no, I think that's that's the right thing. My uh son has picked up that I play on DraftKings. And so like on Sundays, it's like, oh, is this guy in your lineup, blah, blah. And um, last week he asked me if Will Fuller V was um, <laughs> in the lineup. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, Love it. So I had to explain to my nine-year-old son what <clears throat> what the V meant. But And you said it's windy there. I'm not playing guys in the wind. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> second, second lesson. Right. Um, do, you, do you play Cooks over Cooper? That's a really good question. Cooper's 5,400. Cooks is 5,200. I think so, just based on the uh, quarterback play and then um, just the consistent targets with Cooks is crazy. I mean, he's 12, 9, 9, 9, 8 the last five weeks. He had that one zero game, which I think we might have both played. But yep. since then, it's weird. Like, they've shifted and they've, they've gone to him. He was only 6 for 39 last week, but I think we can kind of throw that game out. The wind was yeah. weird. There's just a lot of short passes. But, I mean, at 5,200, you just don't get that level of consistent targets. You get guys who are like, oh, my gosh, last two weeks he had double his targets. we got to play him. But you never get, like, the five weeks in a row of like that. Um, we He's a good quarterback. Two... Like, it's not like yeah, it's a bad it's a quarterback, quarterback situation. And they're, they're indoors. I mean, I think Cooks on turf is a great thing. Um, New England allowed two touchdowns to Willie Sneed last week, two to Brett Bashad Perriman the week before that. Um, they've given up a 90-plus 90, 90 yards to a receiver four times the last five weeks. I don't think this New England pass D is good. I think that – uh, Watson Cooks is a stack that I will definitely be playing this week. Do you run it back with Jacoby Myers? 
Uh, he certainly has put up the stats. I just think there's too many receivers under Jacoby Myers I like. But yeah, if you wanted to stack it a little bit, Myers is the guy that you do it with. I mean, he has what is that? 31 targets the last three weeks, which is uh, clearly he's clearly Cam's yeah. guy right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with you though. There are a ton of guys to play. I like how much does uh, Valdez Scantling move for you if Adams doesn't play? It's funny. I had those guys together. Like Valdez Scantling and Alan Lazard is probably going to play this week. He's back yeah. from the court injury. They're 4,800 and 4,600. Like, I just, I don't love them, but I think you have to at least think about it. If Adam doesn't play, like, I don't know how you don't play one of these guys under 5,000 because Rogers is going to throw the ball. He's going to throw the ball a bunch. He's going to, and Valdez Scantling has been really good the last two weeks, hitting on some deep balls. Um, if Lazard is fully cleared, I think I'd go that way a little bit because I think he more, maybe more fills more of that like target role than, uh, than, than Valdez Scantling would. Yeah. I. But hard, hard off the injury. I get it. He hasn't played since week three. I get it, It's tough. I think, I, I think I'd probably go there though. Cause I think the targets would be there. Yeah. I just wonder how much Rogers likes them. <laughs> like, it just seems like that. I think that's a fair, a fair statement. I mean, he's, he's gotten pissed at MVS multiple times in the past. The last couple weeks have been good. Like he's hit a couple deep yeah, plays, yeah. but I don't, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think you're going to get like the force feeding that you get with Adams. I think if he, if, they don't, if he doesn't play, you probably get a lot of spread around and maybe a lot of, a lot of balls on the backfield too. You get maybe Williams and Jones and maybe maybe your boy Robert Tunyon gets involved finally a little bit. <laughs> My boy. Uh, your boy. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you got to consider him under 5,000, but I don't know. I, I find it hard to get really fired up about him because there's a lot of guys under 4,800 that I like this week. Yeah, let's, let's hit me with those guys because... Can I hit you with one more guy above that first though? Sure. 5,900 this week. Uh, if, the, if the illness is fine, he plays or he practices today. T. Higgins, I just want to talk about. He's been really good. Double digit fancy points in seven straight games. We talked about Burrow with the dropbacks. Like, with those dropbacks, you're going to get guys catching balls. Um, AJ Green is worthless and miserable and awful. And just, he's like, okay. if you look at like his air yards and target stats compared to what he should have put up, it's, just, it's so bad. But targets uh, for Higgins last week, uh, four last five weeks, over eight targets. You know, a guy that's obviously really talented, four straight games over 70 yards. Two of those over 115 yards. Um, Washington's been good against the pass, no 100-yard receivers. But I think that Higgins, if you uh, you know, obviously you play Burrow, you're gonna you're gonna play Higgins. Uh, but I think if he's 100, I think he's a decent standalone play. There's a lot of guys in this range, but he's just a guy that I think um, deserves mention just because he's been really good the last like month and a half. Yeah, I think that's a good call for sure. So let's talk about the cheaper guys. Um, I uh, there's two guys that in the in the mid fours I like, and then a bunch of guys under four that I think are playable this week. Uh, the first is just 4,500 is a guy I really like is Michael Pittman. Yep. Uh, we talked about, we talked about rivers. I kind of teased, uh, you know, running backs or receivers emerging. He's coming on right now. 15 targets last two weeks. He's had eight targets last week. He was seven for one oh one, and And it's always scary, but like a little bit, a little bit of eye test here. Like he looked like a really good receiver. I obviously live in LA watched him play a lot at USC the last couple of years. And he just, he just has that look of a guy who's going to be a really good receiver. He's played 59 and 57 snaps the last two weeks, which you really like. This is the game that is that what the, either the, the second highest total on the board. So if you, you, it's a piece of this game, but, you know, New Orleans, Atlanta might drop below that by the time we're done as we were joking around, but actually it actually might. Um, he runs a lot of plays from the slot, which kind of helps him avoid Jair Alexander, which is, you know, Green Bay's best defensive, defensive back. Um, I love Pittman this week at 4,500. I think this is the last time, We'll see Michael Pittman under uh, at this price uh, the rest of the year. Um, I agree with you. I, Pittman sticks out for me pretty much the the Colts always do um, because in week one, um, when I do these like blind stack this blind stack spreadsheet that I make, um, they like jumped out because it was they had like the 
fourth or fifth highest total. But stack-wise, but depending on which players you use, they were pretty cheap. So, like, going into this week, um, there are... Let me see here. They are the sixth... They have the sixth highest implied team total, the, the Colts do, um, as slight home favorites against uh, Green Bay. But if you look at uh, quarterback... Uh, wide receiver one and two, which uh, I hate to have to bring T.Y. Hilton into the conversation. But if we if we claim that the one and two are Hilton and Pittman uh, and you want to stack those guys, they're the 21st most expensive stack, meaning for quarterback one, wide receiver one and wide receiver two, there is only one combo that is uh, uh, least less expensive, uh, which is... Uh, Amazingly, the uh, Patriots. Um, oh yeah! Right. Actually, I think that include that probably includes uh, Harry instead of um, Myers Law Firm, but new, the new law firm. Um, <laughs> so, like salary wise, the Colts are should be a lot higher. And we look at that, and like when you see that, you're like, oh well, obviously, like the running game must be so important. But like we're <laughs> we're not playing Jonathan Taylor. Hines is part of never, the passing game. Never, never again playing Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> don't, so don't play that clip back because I'm sure at some point. But yeah, I, it's that's a mess right now. Yeah, so it's just like the the Colts passing game against the Packers at home. Like, it's not crazy. Uh, I think that's that's going to be a situation where uh, ne- you know it could be like next week, and you're just like, why did nobody play the Colts? And it's like, well, because nobody nobody plays the Colts. Like, why would you stack the Colts? But then you look back and you're like, oh, they had the fifth, sixth highest. Implied total um, in one that in a grouping that's pretty tight. So like, I don't think it's crazy. Like they're only a, qu- a half point behind uh, Minnesota that we just talked about how much we liked, um, yep. and a half point behind Baltimore. So like, it's there. It is, and it's uh, it's it's indoors. It's a game they're going to have to score. Uh, Pittman's my fa- my favorite play at receiver this week. I, it was one of those guys that I clicked on. I'm like, I hope he's still under five thousand. I saw he's forty five hundred. Like I'll have him in a lot of lineups this week. I I love him at the price. Yeah, I think that's a. It, it's a fun one. Pl- he's so close to Hilton, and I'm going to play Pittman over Hilton. I just think the upside is so significantly more. Yeah, I don't. I think Hilton is dangerously close to that Jonathan Taylor list. <laughs> the, the AJ Green list. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so a little bit under him, a guy that um, I think is interesting from a like they came out of the buy and changed how they used him kind of thing is Jalen Rieger with the, with the Eagles. He's 4,300, another rookie, another guy who's super talented. Um, the Eagles had their buy and Rieger had been, Rieger had been hurt. They came out of their buy. He played 59 snaps and had seven targets last week. He didn't do much with them. He was four for 47. Um, I just think the player, the talent, I think Philadelphia's trying to figure out what they are as an offense right now. And I think that, uh, as they build towards this year, I think they're going to realize that Rieger is their their best option. I I, I like um, I like Travis Fulgham as a player, but like way more expensive than Rieger this week. So I would never I would never play him this week when when Rieger's I think twenty five hundred less or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I think Rieger's interesting. I, I think Pittman will probably be not popular, but I think people would go to Pittman. I don't think that I'm like you know finding a gem there. I think a lot of people like Pittman too. But if you want to get a little cheaper and maybe a little different, I think the Jalen Rieger at forty three hundred is a um, kind of bet uh, bet on the bet on what's happening for the, the second half of the season for the Eagles. So it's a uh, it's a play where you're kind of hoping you're going to hit it the first week, which are always dangerous. But I, I do think Rieger is a, is an interesting play at forty three hundred. Yeah, I think so too. I think the the hesitation anybody should always have with Philly is that just have so many guys who can catch passes that for sure. Um, the benefit of Rieger is that he could go you know three for one ten and two touchdowns um, on five targets, and you're perfectly fine being able to get away with that because. 
he doesn't need the 12 targets that that other guys do. Right. Yeah, I do like that for the hundred. Um, I hate to even bring him up to you, but uh, off the off the big game, are you playing any Brashad Perriman at forty three hundred? No. Me either, because I like someone less a thousand dollars less in the same game. Um, <laughs> so under four thousand, we've talked about KJ Hamler. I was gonna, time. yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, man, tw- twenty targets in the last two games. Tw- double digit targets last two games. It's funny we talked about guys that like you know the targets come and you get them cheap, but. 30, he's still 3,800. Um, you know, Miami's defense is tough, but if they get behind this game, like he's their slot guy that they like to throw the short pass to. Judy's getting a lot of action on the outside. Tim Patrick's kind of getting phased out a little bit. He hasn't done a lot with the targets, six for 75 and four for 50. But like at under 4,000, if you're going to give me 10 targets, he played, he's played 50 snaps the last three weeks. So he's very involved. They're running three wide receiver sets constantly. Um, I think I probably want Locke to play just because of the the chemistry and getting to him. I don't want to, I don't know if I want to throw Brett Rippon out there with a, with a receiver, but at 3,800, you're going to be a guy who's a lot of targets who is fast and talented. Uh, I think Hamler is live again at 3,800. Uh, okay. You don't you don't seem excited about it. Um, I think targets. if you're like, I really hope that Drew Locke plays so that this other play will be That's good. That's fair. That's my hesitation. But it's a 3,600. Like, there's always, you're not going to find a great play at 3,600. Right. Other than Alamani Zacchaeus on certain weeks. Uh, and this week too, if uh, if Ridley doesn't play, um, Zacchaeus is thirty five hundred. He was four for a buck three and a, a touchdown and six targets last week. That Ridley played fifty two snaps after he played like twenty total the two weeks prior. So it's clear that when Ridley plays, Zacchaeus is like phased out fully. But when Ridley doesn't play, Zacchaeus is the guy that does play a lot. Thirty five hundred in a game that uh, we see potentially a lot of points. Um, I don't think he's out of play this week at thirty five hundred. That's that's fine. I. I mean, yeah, it all depends on, on Ridley. It does. Um, um, but bef- then, he's, go ahead. I know who this other guy you're going to talk about, though. Okay. Um, if uh, you throw out the, um, the I think he's a good football player. Okay. Uh, and you always, only look, always dangerous. <laughs> and you, right. And you only look at the stats and the matchup and all of that. Would you at, really consider Denzel Mims? Yes. So, why? Um, weirdly, Flacco looked like uh, looked like an NFL quarterback last week again, or I guess it's two weeks ago. They had a bye week, but like mm-hmm. two weeks ago in England, he was hit two sixty two and three touchdowns. Mims has uh, had eight targets last week in the, in week nine. He went four for sixty two. I think he's a t- he's obviously a talented. I think he's the most talented guy in that in that receiving core. You know, Crowder's a good NFL player, but Mims is the the big play dynamic guy. And just they should be trailing the whole game. Like, I think the Chargers are going to score. Herbert's going to score. They're going to put points up on the Jets' defense. At 3,300, if you give me a guy in Flacco that's willing to take chances, willing to throw the ball, he's clearly – I don't think he cares about throwing interceptions. He's just 3,300. He had eight targets last game, and I think he's talented. And, and coming off a bye, I think – I like teams coming off a bye kind of in, in a rookie's year. Like, it's, it's, it's finally time to let him, let him go. I mean, again, you're betting on the come on this one again. You're betting on them using him more, but – I don't know, eight targets last week uh, with Flacco, getting Flacco again off a week of practice. I think at 3,300, um, I just think it's playable for the price. I think that if you're going to get – if you tell me before the game, you tell me right now he gets six targets, I'd play him at 3,300. And I think he will get six targets. I mean, you have to are imagine Are you just phased by how bad the Jets are? You have to, No, no, no. You have to imagine that he is popular for anybody playing Herbert and Allen. Like, he's the natural run back. You would think so. For that price, like, you can just get – there's no reason to pay. I don't think there's a reason to pay a thousand dollars more for Paraman or like 
three thousand dollars more for James Gordon. Hey, Crowder's like sixty one hundred. Sixty one, yeah. Like, there's no way I play Crowder just because I would go down to Mims if I wanted a piece of this game. And and I think that's the key is that I'd want a piece of this game. I'd want a piece of the run back against the Chargers. And I think that you get an offense that's going to throw the ball, you know, 20-something times in the second half. I think that uh, I want the cheapest guy and who I think is the most dynamic guy. I really wish they had Jameis Winston. <laughs> They'd actually probably start him. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you wish they had Taysom Hill? Though? Uh, <laughs> um, all right. The— that makes me feel a little bit better about him, I guess. Do you go back at all to Jakeem Grant? He is a uh, thirty-five hundred this week. He, he came through for us last week at three thousand. I actually played him last week. We talked about him. It wasn't huge though. He's four for forty-three on five targets, but he scored the touchdown. He played forty-four snaps. Um, they they had another. He almost scored another touchdown. They had another. His fifth target was another one in the end zone too. But um, Tua seems to like him. I just don't. Uh, this offense is not like carnival enough where you're going to get you get the huge game i think i would play mims and hamler over grant this week but if you want to go at 3500 i wouldn't i wouldn't argue too hard against you against a guy that is obviously super super fast as we talked about last week why do you think Tua likes him like maybe they've worked together in practice or i don't know what it may be but Tua clearly seems to like him i mean he has five targets in each of the past two games not like he has 10 that's true, but they, they haven't thrown the ball very much either. I mean, considering uh, he probably has, I don't know, I, I have to look at Devontae Parker's targets, but, you know, two or through the ball 28 and 25 yeah, times. Yeah. I think that's yeah, ultimately just, my problem. They just don't. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think the way they're running their offense right now, it's it's tough to see a, a huge game out of Grant. There's enough guys down here I like I like a little bit more, I think, is what it comes down to this week. You play Mims over him? Yeah. Okay. I'd probably play Hamrill over him too. Oh, okay. So it's it's tough to get there. I, I think he's playable, but I think there's other guys I just like more. And I'm not sure I'm going to need it this week with uh, with Pittman and Rager 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 um, in the mid fours. I'm, I'm not, I don't know if I just don't know if I need the 3500 this week. The, the the way it does come in, if we talk to the top, if you play Cook and Kamara, then you're going to need some guys down here. And I think these guys become a lot. You really have to look into them because when I did my a Cook Kamara lineup, I did it with Watson. Um, just to kind of see how that worked. I didn't want to do it with Hill because a, we didn't know who was starting and B, I don't think I want Hill and Kamara together. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, there are decent lines. You play like a, a mid threes tight end and a, a defense in the twos. It leaves you with like 5,100 for your three receivers. You play a couple cheap guys. You get, you get one decently expensive guy. It does. Uh, the, the cook Kamara lineup worked better than I thought it would when I first plugged it in. And I saw that I had $4,500 per slot. Once I put them in. All right. I don't think I'm selling you on the cheap receivers this week. <laughs> I was I was going to make the joke of how much money you think you could win if you played Hamler, Mims, and Grant, but um, the answer is obviously just zeros. <laughs> I wouldn't want all three of them by any right. means, but one of them with a Pittman or Rieger and then bump up to someone we talked about in the the fives or sixes, I think, is, is a lineup that uh, it gets kind of fun. Given how many times you've mentioned him on this podcast, I just really think at some point you're going to hit six digits with a KJ Hamler lineup so you can buy his jersey and put him up on I, your wall. I'm certainly going to buy the jersey because I, I think I might talk about KJ Hamler more than anybody else. <laughs> you think he played maybe, for the Niners? Maybe even like his coaches. I don't think they they pay as much attention to him. <laughs> uh, tight ends this week. Um, interesting Jeez. week. We've got we've got no Kelsey. We've got no Kittle. Obviously, no one over five thousand at uh, at tight end. I've got three guys at tight end that I'm going to be playing in my lineups, uh, and then maybe some cheaper guys. But uh, where are you going at tight end this week? What do you think? How much is Hunter Henry one of those guys? No. Okay, because I was going to say, like, how many not, times do we have to not no, have a good game? No. I have I mean, he, he scored last week, and everybody's like, oh, there's the touchdown regression. I'm like, dude, he had 30 yards. That's five straight games, 35 yards or less. Just no. 
No. <laughs> and he's 46. Why is he 4,600? Right. Why is he not 3,600? Like, why? 4,600 <clears throat> makes no sense. Like, why is he $300 cheaper than Andrews? Mark Andrews hasn't done a lot this year, but, like, there's no way I play Henry over Andrews for the essentially the same price. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think given that all of these guys are fully uh, touchdown dependent for their upside. So like you're not going to get a Kittle or Kelsey 10 catch for 110 yards, although those guys probably score in, with those lines anyway. But like, I think if you looked at um, anytime touchdown odds and salary and just took the best ratio, then that's fine. Like, I, I don't think there's any, there's no must have tight end. Um, I don't think, like, I think you can make a, a reasonable case for pretty much everyone. Um, I don't think there needs to be a situation where you're like, oh, if I, I just need to find the 300 to get up. Like, I don't think that exists. And so mm-hmm. um, I think, yeah, like if you just look who has the best touchdown odds go nuts. I, I like, if Ridley doesn't play, I like the idea of Hayden Hurst to. That's one, and, that's one of my three that I had considered. Yeah. Um, 22 targets in the last three games. Like they just, he's involved enough. And so like, but he has, he has 50 plus yards in the last four yeah. games too. Like it, we talk about these guys like touch it, like Hawkinson and these guys, they get like 30 yards, but score Hurst is over 50 yards in four straight games. I mean, that's, that's pretty good with, with how bad tight ends been this year. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, any thoughts on Jared cook? So you can play two tight ends on uh Fandle? <laughs> that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful lineup. The two, two tight ends from the same team. You don't get that very often. That's right. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not playing Jared Cook without Breeze. Um, <laughs> Dallas Goddard was very chalky last week. We talked about him a bunch. I didn't think he was going to be quite as, as popular as he was. I was, turned out was to be, I was shocked to see just like we, talk, we were like, he, people will play him. He's going to be popular. Yeah, but like he was like 20 percent. I mean, yeah. I, was, I was shocked by that. Um, I guess he kind of it just made sense. But he was four for 33. He got hurt early, came back, did play 62 snaps. He's dropped down to 3,800 this week. I think that he's uh, he has, does have 13 targets the last couple of weeks. I think he's a guy that's obviously talented, was was good in the offense last year. Under 4,000, I think he's playable again. I think that uh, maybe people are off him because he was so bad last week. He didn't do very much. But I, I hate to tell you, but no tight ends did anything last week. The, the top tight end last week is 13 points. Like, yeah. I, it's impossible that like one guy doesn't break out for you know 40 yards and two touchdowns, Jack Doyle or someone like that. But um, under 4,000, I think that Goddard is a, is, a, is a pretty good go back this week. I think he is just as fine as anyone else. Like, um, yeah, that's kind of where it falls. Yeah, I think um, the the benefit of Goddard is that we've seen good games out of him. That like including like volume games, not just like oh yeah. yeah. Like he has a little bit of upside if the game breaks the right way. Like yeah. and a lot of these guys, you're you you pretty much ha- like you said you have to get a touchdown for it to work. Yeah, like even somebody like Noah Fant, like they're not like he's been getting a decent number of targets, but like. He just, I, I've like written about or said like over and over like how he, he's like a big play threat. And he, of course he hasn't had a single one since then. So like, um, but like 4,700 for Janu Smith is just wild to me um, that anybody would consider that. But I guess that's why you consider it because why would you play that? Um, and the thing with Fant is it's just hard when you have such a dynamic weapon like KJ Hamler on the offense. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I had to. I actually thought you were going to make like a, a longer point about Judy and how they, um, no, sorry. Well played, get, Scott. Had, well played. Had to get one more there. Um, um what yeah, about, who else got bolded uh, there? What about uh, early season darling, uh, Logan Thomas coming on a little bit. If you're going to go really cheap, he's 3,300. He has six targets each of the last two weeks with Alex Smith. Um, we talked about how he goes to commit kissing McLaurin, but Thomas has been involved a little bit. 
Um, Alex Smith's never going to throw the ball down the field, so you like that with a tight end. I think he was four for 66 last week. I think that if you want to get cheap, um, I don't have a problem with Logan Thomas at 3,300 this week. I think that's a that's a good call. Um, over 60 yards in two of his last three, so that's always nice. Yeah, like, and we're talking about tight end is just a disaster right now. And if you're going to give me 60 yards for a guy for 3,300, I would take that at tight end really quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Irv Smith still out? Just uh, like... I mean, I'm yeah, not going to play Rudolph, but yeah, Smith was I, a funny one a few weeks ago because people, I don't even remember which game, whatever the two touchdown game was, everyone's like, see, like we knew he was going to hit and he had four targets and 10 yards. And played 22 snaps. Yeah. Like, it's like come on. What did we see? Yeah. I don't know. But and yet Minnesota, that's, that, like the and Minnesota that's, situation might be something worth diving into. Yeah, I probably, I'm probably just playing the receiver or cook and not even right. thinking about the tight ends, right. to be honest. But yeah. Um, let's jump into defenses real quick. My favorite defense got uh, kind of shattered this morning. Um, I've really liked the Browns this week at 3,000. Um, they have eight sacks the last three weeks. The Eagles have given up 16 sacks the last four weeks. Like, they're obviously lineman getting killed, but Miles Garrett went on the COVID list this morning, and he leads the NFL in sacks eight and a half. And I, you can't play this defense if you take off the best sack guy in the league. Like, I just – they were 3,000 on I was really looking forward to playing them, and I just – I don't think it works anymore. Yeah, it's um... – that's a bummer. They obviously benefited from uh, the wind two of the last three games, or yeah, was it both of their last two? Well, either way, but um, yeah, I think it was definitely not as fun. Uh, so, what are you doing at defense then? Uh, that was I had two bolded down in the cheaper range. Obviously, I think the Steelers will be if you're going to spend. The Steelers are the way to go. They're playing against Jacksonville. Um, the Steelers lead the NFL with 5.9 sacks plus turnovers per game. So if you put those two together, um, they force a lot of sacks, force a lot of turnovers. They have 12 sacks the last four weeks. Jacksonville's allowed 10. So that works, but they're 4,600 on DraftKings, 5,000 on Fanduel. They're really expensive. Um, where do you go if you want to save a little bit of money off Pittsburgh? Um, <clears throat> so the one that jumped out at me at the beginning, which they didn't like totally jump out are the Bengals uh, against football team at 2,300 on DraftKings. Um, well just well like done. playing into the fact that Alex Smith basically can't move. Um, so there's that. Um, but you have to like at least consider, even though they're really bad, you have to consider the Falcons at 2,300, right? Against Taysom Hill. <laughs> no, but, but like seriously, like, yeah, I just don't know if they throw the ball around enough for him to make mistakes. But yeah, I mean, a guy making his first start who's thrown whatever whatever the stat was, how many attempts you said he had all year in his snaps. But yeah, the Atlanta defense is so bad. But I just I, my concern would be that they just run the ball a ton and just never really do much for Atlanta to make a play. What's the passing difference uh, in your head if you had to project how many passing yards Taysom Hill would have or if they started Josh Hill at quarterback? <laughs> I'm gonna. You, you can play him at tight end, forty two hundred on Fanduel. Also, um, <laughs> I would have liked the Falcons D more with Jameis. Sure, for sure. Just because Jameis is gonna push the ball and make mistakes, and didn't look really good in his game last week. Boy, I'm bummed that I don't get to fade Jameis. I was hoping for Jameis high percentage at fifty nine hundred. But um, the other defense down here, I do like. I actually like Minnesota this week against the Cowboys. Uh, Thirty four hundred on DraftKings. So they're they're pretty fairly cheap and not not dirt cheap, but kind of in that middle range. Uh, Minnesota had four sacks last couple weeks, but four, five first forced turnovers. Say that fast. Um, Dallas allowed 12 sacks last week. Dallas has multiple turnovers in seven of their last eight games, which seems like an almost impossible stat. You're like usually you look and like you look at the stats, you're like, oh, there's a couple, there's a couple multiple turnover games, but there's just some zeros and ones in there. Seven of eight, they're really turning it That's over. Um, 
I think Dalton maybe helps that a little bit, but uh, you know, maybe he forces himself. I think that Minnesota 3,400 is probably my, my favorite under 4,000 play this week. I think that's a good call. Um, that certainly makes sense. Yeah. You got Washington. If you want to go under 3000 going against uh, Cincinnati, but I was kind of surprised. Like you think rookie quarterback, Joe Burrow, we've seen like some clips of him making mistakes. He only threw five interceptions all year. Yeah. I was a little bit surprised. I thought that number would have been like eight or nine or maybe even 10, but especially um, since just given how many passes he throws. Like, exactly. The dropbacks, right? Yeah. Since he's given up four plus sacks in three of the last five games, it's a big number. Um, Washington knew well last week, only one sack against Detroit, but they had 11 sacks the prior two weeks and they can clearly get after the quarterback. So, uh, if you want to go under 3000, I think that the, the, the football team is, uh, does work, but, uh, I'd probably bump it up to 500 with the Vikings with kind of that, that turnover prone Cowboys offense. Yeah, that's a, uh, I mean, you, you have to think like, well, Dalton's back. So that helps them a little bit, but like, it's not Dak. So like, yeah, <laughs> it, it ain't Dak. That's for sure. Yeah. So any other defense down here? I mean, I think people will probably play the chargers against your jets, but the chargers have been a little quiet on defense and they're 4,000 on, on drafting. So I think I would go cheaper. Um, the Jets have only allowed two sacks the last couple of weeks. They're protecting the, the quarterback pretty well. Um, you know, they don't do a lot on offense, but they haven't been getting sacks or making as many mistakes. So I it's, think uh, it's because Flacco look, is so mobile that he can just avoid this. He's like Kyler back there. When you get someone that sack. fast, it's just hard to do. Mm-hmm. Shifty. Every time Flacco comes up, I still get bummed about that freaking Super Bowl. Um, so bad. But uh, anybody else you want to talk about? I think we've kind of hit across the board on a. Uh, a slate that's uh, very interesting in the way it built with like the non-expensive players at, at certain positions, and then the two big guys at running back. So I think it's uh, I think building this week is going to be really uh, really fun and obviously really always important. But I think percentages are a little more spread out this week, aside from maybe Cook and Kamara, than we've seen um, in the last few weeks. We've had some quote unquote free squares or you know guys that you just play automatically. I think it's uh, I think it separates the field out a little bit this week. I think you get some some more interesting spread out percentages of GBPs, which I which for me I always enjoy playing more. Yeah, I think, I mean, depending on how many people actually buy into this Taysom Hill thing, which um, I don't mean buying that he's playing because he's playing. But like if you build around Taysom Hill, then your lineup is obviously going to be significantly different uh, just construction wise. And if you play somebody like Watson or, you you know, pay up for Lamar or whatever it is, like that's enough of a differentiation Um, that maybe the middle guys. I mean, there's just we obviously hit on every price range at every position. But like if you. If you're gonna if you're gonna play the cheap quarterback, there's generally gonna be like you're gonna be able to get Cook. You can play Cook and Kamara if you want. You're gonna be able to pay play at least one expensive wide receiver. Like that's what saving two thousand dollars a quarterback can do. And so um, if you decide not to go there, then you're just gonna have to hope that uh, Hill is just total garbage and the guy that you the quarterback you you know Watson is great. Um, and then you have to hope that the difference between Hill and you know Devonte Adams if he plays. Uh, is bigger than uh, Watson and Deontay Johnson, we, we can call it. Um, there's many, a lot of different many, ways to go, but how yeah, many construction is going to be based on the quarterback. How many points does Hill have to score at 4,800 for you to be happy that you decided to play him? Um, 18? 20? Yeah, I was going to say 15, but like 15 is okay. not enough. Like I think that ultimately the problem you have with quarterback is that some of them are just putting up such yeah. big scores that um, you're just at such a disadvantage if even if it's like oh we went three x or four x like yeah I don't think that when, the x was the quarterback yeah yeah when the when the raw points is still only eighteen to twenty like twenty is probably more than enough like okay um but twenty might be tough to get without some like ridiculous rushing touchdown bailout or something like that but 
Yeah, I, I don't think that's ridiculous, though. I mean, I'd be he's gonna he's gonna have some shots at, at rushing touchdowns. They're gonna run plays for that. I think that uh, I think you kind of hope. I think you have to get the rushing touchdown for it to really work. Yeah. To be honest, I think that um, you know you're not getting 300 yards and three passing touchdowns. I think you can kind of you can kind of throw that away, obviously. But um, you know, one rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown, 50 yards rushing and 180 yards passing probably works. I guess somewhere in there. Yeah, I mean, doing the math in my head, that probably gets you right around to right around twenty. Do you think he gets the hundred yard rushing bonus? <laughs> it's it's certainly in play, right? I mean, it's it's certainly more in play than the three hundred yard passing bonus. So I would I would definitely I definitely bet on a hundred yards rushing before three hundred passing for sure. Okay. All right. The uh, the prop lines will it's, be really interesting. Yeah, I. Uh, it's it's a wild way I mean, 4800 for a guy in this offense and with rushing potential like you can certainly see the path to being a pretty good floor guy but i just i don't see it because i just think that it's I think the, the range of outcomes is so wide with him like do you see any way he has a, like a ceiling like 30 plus point game like i just don't see that path unless he rushes three touchdowns or something like that um i mean he could rush for i mean three rushing yeah. touchdowns not crazy it's not and if he does that, obviously you're dead if you don't play him. But I think it's um, actually funny that he could have a ceiling game and absolutely ruin Thomas and Kamara. Yeah, like that's the, it, like a quarterback doing that is it's odd to like see like a quarterback having a huge game. Obviously, it's because of the rushing, but like and then his top two receivers, we think. I just I just don't think I think it works as a gimmicky kind of thing because teams aren't planning for it. I think that planning for it. I mean, the Falcons only have a couple days to plan for it, but they've probably been planning for it anyway. I'm sure they've been not just only playing for Jameis, but I just think, I think they'll have some sort of defense for it. But my question, final question for you is on FanDuel, where he's 4,500 at tight end, what is his percentage? Just say like the big, the big FanDuel million, that it's like a $5 entry. What is his percentage at tight end? Is it like 80%? Yeah. yeah. Like, like, and I think everybody's going to talk about it too. So it's not one of those plays that like is sneaky in the community or maybe some guys are playing, but at 4,500 at tight end for a quarterback, like I just don't see how you don't play that. In a position that's especially in a position on the slate, it's not like yeah. it's not like you can say like, well, I know everybody's going to play Taysom Hill, so I'll play Kittle. Right. Like there's just you're there's I mean obviously there's a way, but like there is there's, such a small way that uh, the tight end one tight end on this slate will yeah. be good enough to outweigh literally a, the even if he's the worst quarterback in the league this week. Uh, having a tight end probably needs to score twice to like really outscore him. And especially on Fando, where the price is a little bit higher. I mean, he's fifteen hours less than TJ Hawkinson. Like, I don't know how you he's he's a thousand dollars less than Hurst. He's thirteen dollars less than Goddard. He's, I mean, he should be. He's, yeah. he, he should be zero. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah, he shouldn't be a tight end. Obviously, it's a that's a huge. It just makes, especially with Breeze getting hurt. Like, how did you how did you let that happen? That he's still a tight end with. With Breeze playing, like, whatever, put him wherever you want. Nobody's going to play him anyway. Who cares? But with Breeze out, like, how do you not I mean, at in least fairness, move him over to... it, it took us until 1030 Eastern on Friday to, like, actually come to, like, find out that right. he's going to start. Like, even if... But you got to list him there just in case. The, right. The, that's true. Just, like, the, yeah. the whole week, everyone was like, oh, well, like, Taysom might start. You never know. Yeah. And then here we are Friday. Like, he's actually starting. And we're just like, oh, now... Now we actually have to talk about this because um, he's here. Yeah, it's wild. So, all right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the Friday DFS version. We do always appreciate it. If you could please, please rate or view the podcast, that'd be great. Also, if you want to follow Andrew on Twitter, he is at Rotowire Andrew. 
I am at Scott Jenstead. Jenstead is J-E-N-S-T-A-D. We'll obviously be uh, talking some football on there and to be talking some soccer. I'll probably be talking some basketball with uh, the awful basketball week that I had with the Clay Thompson injury. But uh, always be, uh, we'll talk a little bit uh, there. We'll be talking a lot of football. So please join us on there too. Other than that, hope everybody has a great week 11. We'll be back at you next week. Andrew, what is our schedule next week with Thanksgiving? Do we still Friday morning? Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make sure with you. All right. Uh, So we're back at you next Friday morning talking about week 12. Hope you guys have a great one. Take care.